Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we're both card-carrying members of the Infidelity Club. Oh, hey, guys. Oh, oh, hey there. I didn't see you. Come on in. Can you you get past the bouncer at the door? (laughs) The furry bouncer. That's uh, Nora, the cat. Yeah. And we've just been having an off-air conversation about how every time the mic is out, the cat is is right next to me. She's just she's just making sure that everything is professional, on time, and correct. I think <laughs> she's quite cross that she hasn't actually been made an an actual star of the show yet. She kind of is. She's like a um, what are they kind of a cameo? Cameo. But like she's always been there, and I think she's yeah. probably got a cult following. <laughs> you know, she's not an obvious character, but she's she's always there. You know. She's like she's the Gunther of exactly. BFN. She's yeah. probably got memes about her and stuff. Yeah, she's definitely got memes about her. A subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> um, just in case you haven't listened before, Nora is my cat. Yes. Yeah. Um. Hey, welcome to the episode. Hey, how are you, Gabriella? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. It's bloody hot now, isn't it? So hot. I have like... a massive freak out about having no clothes, even though I've got a million clothes. Yeah, I always do that. I forget that I've got clothes. It's really yeah. bad. And then I kind of I order some and then I'm like, oh, well, I do actually have all of these things yeah. under the bed. That yeah. I brought out. yeah, it's pretty stupid. So actually, there's a nice shop in Ramsgate called Ooh. Positive Retail and they do like it's like a secondhand shop essentially but they've done it kind of quite zhuzhy mm. um so I took a load of clothes down there the other day so I felt quite good about myself oh, so that's good yeah. of you I don't wear these anymore you have them oh and they went we don't want your old crap and what they went about? Oh, well I'm not sure about that no they did they they actually liked them and they were they were nice things mate okay sure yeah I was trying to make friends with them so I wasn't gonna take shit down there <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the, on the friend hunt Ah, the, the old friend hunt. <laughs> um, um, how are you? I'm fine. I am hot. I am sweaty. I am by myself this week, which is hard work. Oh, yeah, that is quite sad. I'm sorry, yeah. mate. No, it's okay. John's away for work. I don't know if that's your wood pigeon or my wood pigeon, but somebody th- is being it, very friendly. Sorry, I think it's mine. That's my, okay. My window's open. Your window's open. Unprofessional. Unprofessional. Um, okay, well, I, I like the atmosphere it's adding. Oh, good. Um, 
yeah, no, I'm just, I think. <laughs> All right, mate. Just like close the window. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to get through. Basically, this week is one of those ones that I just have to like get through. And then at the end, I'll, it'll be the end of it. And I'll feel <laughs> at the end, it won't be here anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you got any plans at the weekend mm. that you can be like, yay, we've got to the yeah. weekend? This weekend. <laughs> I don't know what the pigeon's up to this weekend. We'll come to him next. But um, this weekend, I'm going to London. <gasps> and then on Sunday, I think there's someone's birthday party on a beach. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah I'm going to that too. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, I'll see you there, mate. You will. Me and the wood pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> Bring him along. Yeah, well. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if you've got a plus one because it's not my birthday party. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I think I know them well enough. I can. Okay. <laughs> um, shall we talk about the episode? Oh, all right, all right. All I right, mean, right. fair enough. Yeah. Um. So we start starting off with Sophie. Mm, Sophie. It's a good one. Yeah. I mean, she's got an exciting announcement, hasn't she? She does. She does. Which is all right. Right, mate. Oh, He's excited. Um, it's not, by the way, it's not triggeringly exciting. No. No. No one's pregnant. No. No. Um, just in case anyone was worried. Mm. Um, well, there'll be a build up to that. Um, and also, I just want to say there's a lot of talk about exploding watermelons. I'll put a link to a video to the rubber band thing in the show notes just to prove <laughs> that I'm not completely mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you will want to look it up afterwards and i was like yeah. what the f-, f is she on about i thought it was like a well-known thing no no heard of it anyway well yeah sure it's a it's a fun chat with safe and uh yeah big reveal mm-hmm. bum, and then bum, we've bum. got um uh emma haslam your name twin my name twin my name is emma Hazlitt. but um Yes, and she's talking, she runs a company called Your IVF Abroad, which kind of, um, it's like, it helps people to do IVF abroad. So it kind of helps you find a clinic, it helps you negotiate with the doctors and negotiate like any language barriers, things like that. Mm. Um, And she is talking about doing IVF abroad. And that is in kind of European countries like Greece, Spain, the Czech Republic, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, And abroad, I guess is abroad from the United Kingdom. Although I think she does have American clients, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she said that. Yeah. Yeah, she's almost like a travel agency, isn't she, for IVF? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is what you need to know. This is you know. Yeah, exactly. It'd be very useful if it's something you're mulling over. Absolutely. Um, and also, basically, if, if you listen to the interview and you want to know more, you can go to yourivfabroad.co.uk or you can find her on Instagram, and that is at yourivfabroad.co.uk. Um, definitely check her out because she is she knows her shit bloody basically yes indeed and then professor tim is talking about blood group type which is interesting it is interesting because it's one of those things that i think there's a bit of confusion around it essentially yeah um so we'll hear what he's got to say there's certainly an element of confusion around it um also it's worth saying that after this for the next few weeks, we're going to give him some time off for good behaviour because we have been using a lot of his time recently. Yeah. We were like, hey, Tim, how's it going? Here's our book. Read it all. Yeah. And get back to us with some edits by the end of the month. Yeah. Hey, Oh, hey, Tim, can you also answer all of these questions for us? Thanks, Tim. Yeah. And he's yeah. actually quite a busy guy, isn't he? He's a busy guy, like runs a fertility clinic. Mm, he's um, a nice guy as well. So he hasn't really complained to us. So I think we're just going to 
just simmer down for a bit. Yeah, mm. I think let's give them a little break. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, that's our show today. That is indeed. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch and tell us how, how much you loved it after you've listened to it. Please do. You can get in touch with us on Instagram. Um, at Big Fat Negative. <laughs> on Twitter. At Big Fat Negative. You can email us. Um, Big Fat Negative Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Roll reversal. <laughs> like, I don't know any of them. Um, it's also worth saying that if you want to um, ask Liz a question, please do. And just yes. make sure you put agony on in the subject line. Indeed. Yes, please do that. And of course, as ever, please pre-order our book if you'd like to. Yeah. You can find it in all the places. In all of the places. In some of uh, the places. Some of the places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can rate and review the podcast so that others can find it. We would love that. Please rate and review. Yes. That would make us very happy. Um, and yeah, we'll speak to you at the end. Sophie. Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I am in a state of mixed emotion, oh. but generally good. Yeah? Yeah, Are you good. Feeling like- Something tells us you've had a big day. <laughs> I've had quite a big day. <laughs> I've had a big day. Wait, can, we just, can we just have a very quick potted journey? So you've been trying for... Two coming, and a half years? Yeah, just coming up to two and a half years. Two and a half years this summer. You've had how many appointments? Oh, I'm not sure. But basically, I'm unexplained. So I've had all the appointments for all the tests. And then, okay. you know, then all the tests again, because they go out of date. And then lockdown happens. So you have mm-hmm. all the tests again. And it's all great. Fine, 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 fine. Wonderful. And then what happened today? We... We were explained. Well, we're not really explained, but we're explained enough to reach the next level of the are game. Are you explained? Wow. <laughs> Can you tell us, what, why are you explained all of a sudden? Well, we, we're kind of semi-explained. Um, so everything fine, uh, but Mr. Sophie, who has very generously said, yeah, totally fine to share this. It's important for people to know and talk about this stuff. So oh, good on him. him. Um, he uh for so he's had um sperm analysis done now a couple of times Mm. uh we had our regular well not our regular check-in but we were told to check in at this time um and all the stars aligned uh to get the doctor to a point where she said yeah i think you've got enough to refer you to for ICSI IVF oh to my camp yeah 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 um because I think we could call this male you know well (laughs) I don't think she caveated everything as much as I am I think we could probably err on the side of (laughs) um so basically uh everything is fine with him that they can see everything has been fine with me that they can see but he does have a slightly low uh percentage of normal forms Okay, so Mr. Gabby. So his morphology is, yeah, not as good as it could be, I guess. Yeah, and last year they said, um, oh well, we don't really think it's anything to worry about, but because the results have been consistent, right? Um, they're saying, well, actually, maybe that is a bit of a factor. Okay, and because you've been trying for this length of time, mm. um, so what, yeah. Do you know what his percentage is? Would you be for sharing? It? 
I do, yeah. It's 2%. Um, mm-hmm. And normal is 4%. And sometimes they discount it because they're like, well, they might just be <laughs> they might just be having an off day. Um, <laughs> well, they also, they, it's, what's the why how did he put it i spoke to ramdog about this and he said it's it's observed by human eye so they mm. he doesn't put as much um stock in morphology because he thinks it's it's you know it could be down to human error as well but i suppose three times how yeah. many times hat trick mm-hmm. exactly and and essentially it's just like they some of them are a bit misshapen and so they m- m- move a bit slowly Okay, I think yeah. as well. Well, anyway, that was uh, Mr. Sophie's interpretation. <laughs> he said quite classically, he was like, my sperms are a bit like me, you know. They're, <laughs> they're overall pretty good, but they're just a bit slow to get anywhere. <laughs> they amble along. No, not in a he's, rush. He's a proper ambler. He yeah. is, he's a chilled yeah. out dude. Yeah. And I'm a um, power walker, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we... May I be the first to say congratulations? Thank yeah. you. This is, it's, it, does it feel good? Even though obviously you're finding out something that's not, not so good. It does feel good because it feels like there's progress and there's something happening. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's something we can do. I was, I went into this because we were just expecting this to be a, they told us to check back in at this time, but I was expecting it just to be a, oh, well, just, you know, keep trying, keep trying. In our clinical commissioning group, um, you normally have to have been trying for three years if you have unexplained infertility. Mm-hmm. So this was a turn up for the books because it means that we're being referred about a half year quicker than we thought we were. So that's oh, good. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the doctor we spoke to sounded really positive and she was saying, um, that uh, from previous tests that I've had done, she expects my follicle count to be quite high. Great. Um, she's like, in fact, I think there might be a risk that you overstimulate and produce mm-hmm. too much. Oh, you're mm-hmm. so like Gabby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and then the other thing was, I, I was kind of like, okay, great, great, great. This is great that something's happening. Um, and then expecting it to then be a kind of, you know, four month referral process or something i just mm. keep bracing myself obviously for, for long wait times for and everything waits, yeah and she You're was right like, well, to do that sophie well done yeah but she said well no you know you book in your kind of uh, i think it's called the consent the consent yeah. appointment where you could go mm. in have a load of scans kind of say that you're definitely up for it and that they can process all your bodily yeah. bits and data um, fill in shit loads of forms yeah. <laughs> like so many forms about mm. everything yeah yeah, yeah. Well, that that's fine. I'm happy to form fill at this stage. <laughs> yeah. It's like things like, what do you do if one of the partners dies? What do you do with the embryos? You're yeah. like, there's some moral stuff. About that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're giving yeah. me a heads up on that because I, that was not the kind of, I thought it was just going to be like, are you happy for us to, you know, store, store your eggs? Yeah. I mean, well, it's that. Yeah. Is it at this point? Is it the moral stuff or does that come later on? No, I think it's this point. It's now. Because if you, so is this still, we're talking about with your GP and now you'll be going to a clinic. You've never been to the clinic before. Oh, no, no, no. I've been dealing with the clinic for for some time. Okay. Yeah. So so this this is at King's. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. God, I can't believe you're IVF twins. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Or ICSI twins, I should say. ICSI squad represent. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah man um wow 
this is this is exciting yeah it is so so yeah so I was expecting it to be like oh okay and then wait four months wait wait six months whatever but she basically said well you know where are you in your cycle well you could do the appointment here and then come mm. in for your bloods and scans here oh, um and then basically it sounds like if all goes to plan which you never know I'm literally touching wood as we speak mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I hopefully could be injecting myself in July that Holy is shitballs so great mm. so yeah when your period starts in July you just go for it I think so yeah so yeah. when, yeah. when if, if your... we can get the appointments if there's slots yeah. for the appointments that we mm. need great so they haven't wow. told you when your next appointment is uh, well, I need to call up tomorrow and book it. Oh in. my god! Are you going to call up literally like dead on nine a.m.? <laughs> well, she actually said in the afternoon, but she was like, "Well, oh, just give me ten minutes to do my notes." Then I was like, "I don't want to pressure them." And then I was kind of processing all the emotion and just had to walk around my flat a lot and then lie down. And then, <laughs> and then, um, Mr. Sophie has been. I mean, we decided this before this appointment, but he has got a kind of renewed fervor for um, trying to get up the duff. and um (laughs) uh, so he's just like we we should just I mean he works in wine as well so this is this is the level of commitment but he's like we should just not drink all summer and he's started kind of cancelling his social engagements and then having this on top was like okay yeah this is it we're going yeah booze free stay in nurture ourselves yeah Um, he's got you've got like um it's like kind of the the run-up period you're like right okay this is the amount of time we have yeah these are the things we can be healthy about Yep. Mm. Uh, it's, yeah it's really good it gives you focus having that date otherwise, otherwise you're just being good yeah, forever, forever and no one can do that no exactly yeah and we had his brother's wedding uh last weekend which was a very <laughs> not fertility boosting occasion <laughs> <laughs> would you call it a blowout Sophie I'd call it a blowout yeah and I think it's about time really yeah uh, I think that's totally fair enough yeah man of course I think it's okay yeah 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 it's totally fine so I'm just kind of spinning slightly at the moment which is nice so you could do it you could be doing like a transfer in July potentially if you don't overstimulate too much yeah they said the likelihood is uh that we will do the freeze all strategy right 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 right. I just really like the name of even though it's (laughs) the, the the what it describes is um well, just freezing everything and waiting a month for your, I think, for your hormones to calm down so that yeah. your boom yeah. and you can kind of do the right stuff. Um, correct me if I misspeak on any of this, by the way, because that's a lot of new information I've absorbed yeah. today. No, 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 that's, that's pretty much no, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I d- I'm not quite sure why I like that name so much, but it's like Freezel. It sounds like a kind of 80s kind of slightly tongue-in-cheek action B-movie. Um, <laughs> the Freezel <laughs> strategy. <laughs> With Steven Seagal. (laughs) Guys, I think we're going to have to freeze all. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you were to freeze all, of course, that would continue the path of doing exactly what I did. So good choice, Sophie. Uh, Great. Right right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just following in your icy, icy footsteps. Oh, there she is. Well, that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of weird as well. And I think, um, to be honest, before today... I was like, well, at some point we're going to hit this point of IVF referral and am I up for it? And I've been kind of slushing it around in my mind. And as soon as the doctor 
said it, I was like, oh yeah, instantly, this is great news. This is kind of next step. And then she laid out all the steps really clearly, gave us a lot of time on the phone. Um, she was brilliant, actually. Uh, yeah, they, they are really good at that stage, aren't they? Where they kind of explain mm-hmm. things to you. I remember yeah. that. I mean, like, cheers. But don't I, be surprised I'm not if you remember forget. This. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's <laughs> full on all that information in one day. You're yeah. like, oh, dates whirling around in your head. Oh, this will take that long and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll yeah. take this injection and blah, blah, blah. You know, it will leave your brain, but it's fine. You'll, you know, you'll be reminded yeah. many, many times. There yeah. is quite a good book coming out about that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. So <laughs> you could just actually wait till January. Yeah. I mean, um, if you want to, you don't yeah. have better to. better pre-order it now so that I'm prepared. Although, yeah. wait a sec, didn't you actually have a little sneaky read of, of some of it? <laughs> I oh, did, yeah, and yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> we could. It's so good. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Oh, one other thing I wanted to shout out about Mr. Sophie's sperm, um, which, again, he gave me license to. And, in fact, he was like, yeah, you can give my sperm some props for this. <laughs> <laughs> my guys. <laughs> my little guys. Uh, was that since he had his analysis done last year he has quit smoking he is doing more exercise than he ever has done he's like seeing a personal trainer he's got like super fit eating loads more drinking loads less just generally being fitter and healthier Mm. um and that has improved his other count well I think it in particular improved the concentration oh yeah um I think it like doubled it so wow um i uh, am certainly not one to say that lifestyle choices make a positive difference because who bloody knows um and i'm sure every jizz is different um but i just wanted to give him full props for that because well done mr sof yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that yeah. is yeah I mean... he's done the hard yards yeah, yeah. It, yeah. i think it does make a difference i think um mr gabby managed to improve his um significantly by quitting the fags and cutting down the booze as well so mm. It's almost it like these doctors know what they're talking yeah, about. I was I mean, <laughs> it's annoying that, isn't it? Have you read, there's, there's been a bit of research out recently that said something like, um, booze is never not bad for you. It's like, With you the know, no amount. negatives, I feel like I'm drunk already. <laughs> uh-huh. it, said, it said something like booze, you know, no matter how much booze you drink, you know, there's no safe amount, essentially. Oh. And I've been finding that very joyless and annoying every time I see it. But wow. um, I think they probably. I don't think are any right. of us ever thought it was good for us, apart from maybe <laughs> red wine. Actually, I think I did. You can probably quote me of having said that I was just going to drink red wine because it was good for me. <laughs> and you're um, a published author, so I'm pretty uh, sure that's yeah, legit. exactly. Not that was all backed up with science. You've got to read the science, guys. You've got yeah. to read the science. They say <laughs> red wine is good for you. Read all the science. <laughs> was it science on the back of a bottle of red wine? I think it was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was sponsored by um, Jacob's Creek. <laughs> but no, I, I, you're right. I've heard a lot of stuff about red wine, about antioxidants and mm. lowering risk of heart disease and all that. Well, um, it's going to be the lesser of the bad, right? Surely that was also probably yeah. my real takeaway from that situation. Probably, probably preferable to a flaming sambuca. I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what Gabby was saying earlier was is right though. Like, if you have something to work towards, it's e- it's easier to be good. Yeah, yeah. but you then, can be as pious as fuck for like yeah. a certain amount of time. It's but then just when that, that date passes, you're like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave up coffee. Like, what was wrong with me? 
Yeah, well, that I've made that declaration today. We came to the end of the pack of coffee. Mr. Mm. Sophie, very unusually, because he's still a bit weary from the wedding weekend extravaganza, <laughs> had two coffees today. He doesn't oh. even normally drink it. And today he's like, oh, that's too much coffee. Never give me this much coffee again. Uh, and I was like, that's fine, because we're giving up coffee, because we're giving up everything. Yeah, forget mm. it. Everything is gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just sip on your oat milk and yeah, look smug. Palm juice and a fucking <laughs> smile on your face, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I've got really into recently is uh, non-alcoholic beer. Mm, there are some like, really good ones. Yeah, like I've literally just been, because I'm not like a, I don't really... John really loves his like fancy beers like IPAs or whatever I like a lager really mm. but it just it's like something more than water to drink mm. do you know what I mean whereas I'm not like sweet. non-alcoholic yeah exactly non-alcoholic wines I will just drink like Ribena because they taste like Ribena mm. but non-alcoholic beer is like you, you don't sink it as fast mm bit more substance mm. i think i actually brought round a bottle of non-alcoholic wa- red wine to your house for dinner once sophie you did indeed made yeah. um mr sophie drink some as he's a wine expert yeah yeah and i don't think he was very impressed well because it's really I nice like I, I think it tastes delicious but it doesn't it taste delicious. like wine yeah mm. i think it he was like- quite quite impressed with not uh, not seeing it as a wine but seeing it as a drink just a nice soft drink yeah exactly but that's what it is it's like schlur it's basically schlur well, no in a this bottle. one sorry emma this sorry, one sorry, this sorry. was after much research and this oh, was right. actually not that bad um, <laughs> it was yeah. it was like it, it was had good. it had an it had an essence of red wine about it that others don't yeah. but the moral of the story is that there are some good non-alcoholic beverages out there. Yeah. yeah. But I think I'm just going to get really into juices. I've already made a watermelon juice today. Wow. Ooh, watermelon juice. Nice. Fancy. Yeah. 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 Do you put shit loads of rubber bands around it? I, I just chopped it up and put it in a blender. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> Have you not heard of the rubber band test of watermelons? If you put rubber bands around the watermelon, eventually the watermelon explodes, according to oh. Urban Legend. Oh wow. God! Have, you just have to keep putting more and more rubber bands around it. Well, I guess yeah. I guess that would make sense. Again, it sounds like the science is true. <laughs> it sounds it like the good red wine science. <laughs> it sounds like someone had a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, which, there's probably you know. YouTube videos of it. If, yeah, if indeed almost. it's true, there is but I bet they're really underwhelming about. because I'm sure the word explodes is a bit. I'm sure it just collapses. <laughs> yeah, it just slowly sags in on itself, yeah. and then you're like, oh well, I've now wasted shit ton of rubber bands and I don't have yeah. a watermelon anymore yeah <laughs> it's like when you put a Mentos in coke yeah although that does look cool that does work yeah yeah but no I neither I neither sat on my watermelon <laughs> nor rubber banded it just just get old good old blender whizzed it up did you <laughs> <laughs> well now I feel like I haven't whizzed it at all I mean it was a very unwizzy solution compared to Emma's creative ideas <laughs> producing your fruit guys Ooh. much as i'm loving the juice chat um <laughs> so what like what is your next kind of step for you what are you gonna mm. what's your kind of plan of action well um i'm entrusting my plan with the doctors because we're just going to go for this um so book our appointments to kind of give our consent uh right. do all our scans and then just when they say start injecting yourself with this, I'll say yeah, 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 man, hand and, it over. 
And also, um, I don't know if you've seen yet the new series of Master of None. Yeah, I have to stop watching it on episode one. (laughs) I was like, I just wanted, I wish they would put a trigger warning for that stuff because I couldn't handle it. You wish that they were? We'll put a trigger warning. There's, if anybody hasn't watched it, there's Mm -hmm. baby loss in the first episode. And I just, I can take it. So I turned it off. Yeah. Um, Well, there is an episode, I mean, yeah, there should be trigger warnings the whole way through, to be honest. Mm. But for me, it was very timely because I watched it just a couple of days ago. I had no idea that the storyline was going to go in this direction. But there is a whole episode um, about uh, uh, a woman who decides as a single woman in the US to um, go through IVF and it's yeah it's beautifully short it's i mean i yeah cried multiple oh, times um, i can't wait to watch it i love master of none it is beautifully shot it is like all of them have been really nice yeah, yeah. it's Although just de- delicately and empathetically handled and mm. um you really see it through her eyes and it gives it a lot of time it gives it the time and space of a whole episode rather than it being like yeah. one scene oh now this happens yeah you know? now she's pregnant mm. yeah um and sophie tell me this um how many plans are you having to cancel in July and August um currently (laughs) pulling out of quite a lot um but mainly so that I don't get tempted to drink or feel like I'm really missing out um uh, you know with you know because I think this summer in particular everyone's going to be going quite wild um, yeah for you know (laughs) for all the obvious reasons um yeah, so I'm playing it by ear. I've just let two of my best mates know that I will be leaving their birthday party, uh, which is the, the, you know, the kind of lockdown's over and it's our birthday um, yeah. at 7 to 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's oh, really my God, hard. it's so hard being so joyless. And I remember coming to your wedding and I just started, I think I just started meds for my embryo transfer. You were sniffing something, I think. Yeah, I was on Bucerolin. Mm. And I just remember being like, I really want to have a great time. And like, I think everybody got quite wasted at your wedding. Mm. Um, mm. And just being like, in fact, with both of you, I had like weirdnesses during your weddings. Yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, and just being like, I know I have to be sensible. So I struck an unhappy medium and drank a bit. Yeah, yeah. It but- is difficult, but it ultimately... It's going to be worth it, right? Yeah, totally. And also, he has, bearing in mind you were going through all that, I think uh, you absolutely nailed it on bringing the vibes. Thanks, mate. Both of you jointly, the poems, the vibes, everything. We did a fantastic of our own writing, didn't we? We it did. We probably did. still the best thing I've ever written. <laughs> it's probably still the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, are you okay about injecting? Like, have you got a kind of plan of attack for that? You okay with needles? Generally, I am okay with needles and I find it um, bizarrely fascinating to watch someone putting a needle in me. Um, mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I yeah, found... Yeah, well. Yeah, on my blood tests and things, I found totally fine. And I have uh, had to medically inject someone before. Okay. Um, but who knows, It this one's going to be such an emotionally loaded one that I don't know. It is weird plunging a needle into your own flesh. Mm-hmm. There's something innately odd about it. I didn't yeah. do it for ages. Um, Mr. Gabby did all of mine until like, to the, like I would say towards the the end, and then like from from just like situations that he was away, I had to do it myself. Were and you injecting progesterone I... all the yeah. way through? Yeah, you yeah. were. 
Um, and yeah, I, I, then when I did it, I was like, why haven't I just been doing that the whole time? So mm. demanding Mr. Gabby be home at the right time, you know? So it's like, actually, it's, it's not that bad to do it It's quite a mental block, though, I remember. I think that's the thing that freaked me out the most was injecting. Mm. I, I I think I know I know what I'll be like because with anything like this I mean even doing my um you know I had to do a COVID test uh Mm. and you know I like read the instructions like seven times just for putting Mm -hmm. putting a swab basically in a plastic bag (laughs) you know just like I really I've got to get this absolutely right because otherwise all the results could go wrong and I could ruin it for the whole country you know um yeah you know, yeah. so I know with this, I will probably for the first few times just get uh, get up in my head about like, <laughs> I don't know, I'll probably be fearing out that I'll accidentally like puncture um, one of my ovaries or something yeah, like that. Yeah. But I think once I get past that initial stretch and, and the other thing is, um, uh, I thought you had to do it multiple times a day, but from the reading I've been doing today, it's actually twice. Well, Oh, twice a day. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, once, once. In the mo- once in the morning, once in the evening. Oh, unless they give right. you some kind of, I mean, unless they give you something else. No, no. You, I mean, you two are the experts. I, I just, I, read... I think, I, oh God, I think I only did it once a day. Maybe well, oh, I, well, there's, I think you had two, two a day, didn't you? Because you, you need something to suppress your own. In fact, you did because you sent me your, um, Protocol. I did. I had two a day. Yeah. So it's going all, going all left or whatever to stimulate yeah. your ovaries and something to suppress ovulation. Yeah. So it might be, I mean, I was thinking serolin at the beginning to, to um, suppress ovulation, but some people use it throughout. Yeah. Yeah. It's the kind of um, knock them down to build them up again. Yeah. Yeah. Before the freeze all strategy. Oh, I can't wait to find out what your protocol is so we can digest all of the different yeah. drugs and be like, oh, that's why I had. That was good. Oh, that one stings. That one doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. The only so one the... that really sang for me was the trigger. Oh, no. Did I do your trigger gaps or did no. I do a different one? No, you did. You did my last Fimeramadal. Fimeramadal. God. Yeah. It was the last stingy one. Okay. Yeah. Fire, no fire. <laughs> you do realize that some people, some people binge this podcast. They like listen to you confidently pronouncing that like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you're weird. a mess. No, I just can't. <laughs> will will you guys do? If I um, come to uh, the Kent coastline, will you do a ritual injection yeah. of me? Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. I mean, we have changed, or I I changed our um, WhatsApp group name which for years has been holidays to sisterhood of the, and then um, injection emoji because pointy needles doesn't fit. I think that was a pretty good use of space. Thanks. I mean, it was the most apt emoji going. Yeah. That's us now. So yeah, yeah. definitely come to the coast. We'll stick you. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And so officially welcome to the sisterhood of the pointy needles. We'll get you a (laughs) membership card. Yeah. We'll get you the membership card and the t-shirt. Thanks guys. ceremonial robe (laughs) (laughs) and we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Emma, welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. I'm resolutely fine. Good. How are you, Gabby? Yeah. I'm 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 confused to be on a on a podcast with Emma Hazlitt and Emma Haslam. <laughs> I don't really know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met I'm anybody called you. Emma Hazlitt or Emma Haslam before, apart from myself. No, no it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's like I feel quite you, unique. I did um find out that there is a primary school named after my mother today. Really? really? Yeah, it's not actually named after my mother. I found out recently that there's another Emma Haslam and she's um, she was on Britain's Got Talent doing some sort of pole dancing. Oh my, oh my God. God, that's amazing. I know. All I know about my namesake is that she lives in Essex and she's a criminal. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's in the local paper. Girls, this is great. You were destined oh. to be brought together to have this conversation. We were. <laughs> oh, shall I tell you another funny story about my name today? Please do. Somebody with a very similar name bought a lot of sex toys today and accidentally put my email address in. Yeah, yeah. And now, yeah. And now <laughs> I have that person's address and phone number and card details. And so, whoa, whoa, whoa. what's their no, because your email is um quite simple. Yeah. What theirs are they an E Hazlet as well? Um, I'm not going to disclose that. Should we, um, right. should we talk about doing IVF abroad? Yeah. yeah I mean, maybe. Yeah. We could just keep talking about sex toys. Yeah. I mean, I guess in the, in the grand scale of reproduction, they're important. Although I would add that in this situation, these toys are not going to help anyone get pregnant. Absolutely not. Um, anyway, so Emma, I want to I actually keep our first bit really short because um, you've got a lot of practical advice that we're going to mine you for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but like briefly... Tell us about your journey. My journey. Okay, Mm -hmm. so myself and my husband, Adam, were trying to conceive for about six years. And we have joint diagnoses 
Um, we're both congratulations, which is pretty unlucky. Um, oh. So Adam, I was going to say there's a problem with Adam's testicle. That's not quite quite the right terminology, but he had um, <laughs> an undescended testicle when he was younger and had an operation to descend it. And um, they think that that probably caused some damage that um, means that he now has a very low sperm count and motility. And Mm. at the age of 33, I was told that I was perimenopausal and had a very, very Mm. low AMH. So we were told that IVF was our only chance of getting pregnant. And even then we had a sort of three to 5% chance of it working. Mm. Um, It's not great odds. Which is not great odds. Um, And then the other kind of blow was that I needed to go away and lose a lot of weight for treatment in order to qualify. So I, over two years, lost six stone and got my BMI down to just under 35. Went back feeling um, very pleased with myself. Um, Yeah, rightly so. Yeah, super fit and healthy. Adam also lost loads of weight just to kind of like cheer me along really and to see if it did anything for his sperm, which it didn't. Um, Yeah. Mm. And then we got back to the um, gynecology and they said, I'm really sorry, but the rules for the CCG have changed again. And it's now BMI level of 30 in this area. So Bastards. Bastards. So they said, can you just, in inverted commas, go away and lose another two and a half stone? And I was like, not really. Yeah, sure. Not, no, (laughs) not without resorting to drastic measures. Plus, I mean, to put it into context, like, I think the BMI thing is just complete bullshit anyway. But, um... I'm five foot 10 and I was a size 14 and what? like probably the fittest and healthiest I've ever been. And mm-hmm. the reason we couldn't conceive was nothing to do with my weight. Anyway, we left that appointment and I was like, look, I can't lose any more weight without starving myself. And I'm not going down that road. Yeah. Um, that's not helpful for fertility. Yeah, absolutely. So we didn't have any money. We didn't know what we were going to do. So we moved in with my parents and began to save. And, sort of started to look at the options in the UK and found things were just so expensive. Mm-hmm. And if we could cobble together the money for a round, it would literally just be one round and that would be it. Mm-hmm. And with such tiny odds, that felt like massive pressure. And it we're quite practical people. We're like, it's just not going to work in one round of IVF. Um, mm-hmm. And so we started to look abroad because we'd heard that perhaps it might be cheaper. And that's all we really knew at that point. Um, And because a lot of the clinics that we were looking at offered free or really low cost consultations, we thought, well, we may as well speak to a few clinics and kind of go from there. Um, Because UK clinics charge for your first consultation, don't they? Yeah. And we had a few consultations with, I think, three UK clinics. And we spent like coming up to a grand, I think, on consultations. Jesus. That's so fucking annoying. So annoying. And the other thing that annoyed me was that I kind of, we got the prices off the website and then we're like, right, okay. And then we had paid for the consultation, had the consultations, and then we got the real prices afterwards. And we we're like, are they taking the piss? Like ridiculously mm. different. And it was almost mm. like if we'd have known that, we wouldn't have spent money on the consultation. God. So we just got really annoyed. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't want to have treatment with them either. Um, fuck you guys. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then we're like, right now, what are we going to do? And we looked into adoption and we weren't sure that that was quite right for us. And that, you know, I was really desperate as we all are in this community mm. to, you know, try and be pregnant and carry a baby and give birth to a baby myself. So 
Mm-hmm. We booked some consultations. We didn't really know what we were doing at that time. Um, found it really quite stressful deciding on, you know, how do you pick who to have a consultation with? When you, when you type IVF abroad into Google, you get so many things come back. Um, yeah. Mm. But I am a bit of a nerd and I quite like looking into stuff. Um, yeah. Had some free consultations, chose a clinic. Um, all three clinics said to us, we really don't think you should do IVF with your own egg and sperm um, because we just don't think it's going to happen, which is really hard to hear. But I actually really yeah. respected them for telling yeah. us the truth. I'm not yeah, just not making like pushing you down like a PGT road. Or yeah, PG. exactly. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, those tiny odds shot up to 60 to sort of 70%. So being a numbers game, as we know it is, and with the, with the, you know, the cost being so much cheaper, we were like, right, okay, well, even if we ended up having three rounds, I should be pregnant by then. Um, Because my oven, if you like, (laughs) is fine. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's what we decided to do. And on our third round, um, I became pregnant with twins and um sadly we lost one of them at 10 weeks um i'm sorry thank you um and then we gave birth to i gave birth to albie in august 2018 so he's now nearly three ridiculous so cute (laughs) so cute he never stops talking like he's the best (laughs) he's honestly i love the name albie oh thank you He's officially Albert, or never call him that. He's either Bertie yeah. or Albie, which suits him. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I had awful postnatal depression. I think I put a lot of pressure on myself that I must enjoy every single moment and couldn't possibly ever like feel tired or anything yeah. and, and found that period quite difficult. And that's when we decided yeah. to set up a business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what better foundation? What for better foundation than postnatal depression? <laughs> hey if that's what gets you out of your funk yeah well that's it it gave it gave me a really it gave me another focus obviously it's still my son and I was lucky that I Mm. I I felt bonded to him but some of the my fears about donor conception I guess came to the surface when I'd had him and I you know he had reflux and a a dairy allergy and did a lot of crying and I convinced myself Mm -hmm. it was because he knew I wasn't biologically connected to him and oh god yeah. and you know what my daughter had reflux and a dairy allergy and it was so hard I mean she ended up in hospital but oh. you know and I almost definitely would have reacted in the same way if I'd had that to blame yes instead I blamed yeah. infertility I'm not supposed to be a mother yeah and I you know and I kind of thought it must be something that I was doing wrong and just made myself yeah well I don't know that I made myself but the whole thing was just a horrible 18 months um mm-hmm. and we'd had such a good clinical experience but we recognized that there was so many things that while we were going through it we wish we'd have had like support from somebody um Mm -hmm. to sort of answer all of the questions that you don't yet know you've got until you're going through IVF even IVF in the UK but IVF abroad adds another layer doesn't it Mm -hmm. um and you know we wanted people to know that it could be more accessible to perhaps people who've been told no by the NHS or privately in the UK that you know certain things didn't have to be a barrier to treatment and Mm -hmm. I guess the main thing was cost as well because you know, you don't have to spend the money in the UK. You know, there are excellent clinics abroad that you can find that your money can go further that might stretch to additional yeah. rounds if they're needed. Um, mm-hmm. 
And that can make all the difference, obviously. Yeah, well, if we'd have had one round in the UK, it wouldn't have been donor because donor was never mentioned to us. And it took three that rounds of donor very for us. expensive here. So we wouldn't have a baby and that would be it. Yeah. Um, so I'm really grateful that, that you know, we, we sort of decided to go abroad and that they were honest with us and we did the three rounds. And the third round was actually free because usually um, most people sort of with donor treatment, not everybody, but most people that expect to be pregnant within a couple of rounds um mm-hmm. and when you when I wasn't they gave me my third round for free and I hadn't signed up wow. to any big like you know commitment to three three rounds it was just uh, if you're not pregnant by the second we'll give you a third for free which they did with no quibble yeah wow um where did you go when you went abroad so we went to the Czech Republic mm-hmm. and I'll be honest the, the 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 first kind of thing that drew me to the Czech Republic was the fact that they were you know really cost effective for fertility treatment I didn't realized back then that they're the second most popular place to go for IVF in Europe Um, where's the first most popular Greece Greece no Spain I'm going Greece Spain Spain yeah Spain do about 34 percent of all assisted reproductive stuff in Europe yeah and then the Czech Republic are not far behind Greece is about 10 percent um Greece is next okay interesting yeah um so I guess my first question that definitely sprang to mind when I was thinking about this, because you and I talked about this for the book as well. Mm-hmm. You appear in our book, pre-order the book. Um, <laughs> now, please. <laughs> um, is, was it quite idyllic? Like, did you get to like roam around Prague and look at the like beautiful architecture and stuff like that? Yeah. Or was it just as stressful as normal IVF? Well, I haven't got anything to compare it to because I haven't had IVF in the UK. But I can tell you, when I was shooting up in the toilets at work, my blood thinners (laughs) before I went away, that was quite stressful. And I always felt like I was doing something wrong and that I shouldn't be doing that. Um, So to be away and, you know, you don't really spend that much time at the clinic. So... You know, you might be there for a couple of days or you might be there for 10 to 12 days, depending on what treatment you're having. So it is a perfect opportunity to have a break and relax. Yeah. I know it's not the same as going on holiday. Um, it isn't, right. but it's still it still is a break. And we found that time together really nice. And, you know, we mm. were going around Prague, looking at everything and just having a generally quite lovely time. Yeah, that sounds lovely. It adds like a special layer onto it that wouldn't be there otherwise yeah. you know what I mean yeah kind of like, definitely and I think that all helps I mean don't get me wrong when we were there the third time we yeah. were kind of a bit done um <laughs> but you know the first time we went we, we stayed actually for longer than what we was need was needed because we want to be made into mm. a little bit of a holiday and then the third time we went we just literally went for the least time we could yeah um but just that time together away from the stresses of home and work were amazing mm-hmm. um and that place obviously now holds a special place for us um yeah you know and it's a it's a lovely place Absolutely. to visit I don't know if you've ever been it's, it's lovely yeah I well I only went when I was 14 actually and I do keep meaning to go back um okay so we've got loads of questions from our um Instagram followers Yay. actually so I'm just gonna like just smash them out smash basically. one out let's go for um, it um the, the first question one that's you know kind of very I will probably be high in a lot of people's minds when they're thinking about doing it 
abroad is how do you know which countries are well regulated like how do you know you're not going to some dodgy clinic yeah and this 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 I'm glad you've said that or somebody's asked that because obviously we say you know look at IVF abroad I'm not saying that every clinic everywhere is going to be okay because they absolutely aren't going to be okay but the main Mm -hmm. thing that is helpful is to find a clinic that's within an EU country because by doing that you are going to be choosing somewhere that you know has the rules and regulations of the EU so you've got a level of protection that you haven't got in other countries um Mm. also if they're a clinic in a country in the EU then you can look out for things like have they got an ISO accreditation which stands for the International Organization of Standardization so that's like another sort of stamp if you like and that just makes sure that you know the health the safety and security and that everything's safeguarded under European law the other things that need to be checked are you know are they are they registered for assisted reproductive techniques in their country um Uh and are they regulated you know through the Mm -hmm. ministry of health and that kind of thing so for for us anyway they're the kind of checks that we carry out because it's really important the other thing as well about being part of an eu clinic is that you know your data is not going to be sold to you know somebody in a in a different country things like success rates um should be independently validated if you're using a clinic in a european country and these are all the questions that we ask and we would encourage you to be asking because mm-hmm. you want to make sure if a clinic's saying they've got a 65 percent success rate that it's true um yeah yeah you know and there are i mean i always say to people about success rates it's, it's more about your personal projected success rate because the success rates could be validated and real However, you're not comparing exact samples, yeah. are you? So it always no. needs to be taken with a little bit of a pinch of salt, but it's one part of the jigsaw. But like when we said to my parents and Adam's mum, going back in time, what we were doing, they were like, what? Where are you going? What are you doing? Yeah. They were worried about safety. Mm. And I think, mm. you know, the image that it can conjure up to people is some dodgy clinic down a back alley deep in yeah. Eastern Europe. Um and actually, you know, if you do your due diligence, then the reality doesn't have to be like that. But of course, there will be some places like that. And I always say, like, any clinic that offers things like teeth whitening, boob jobs, nose oh my jobs, God. and fertility. Get the whole shaboozle. <laughs> I say to them, go get it all done. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you spot me out while you're there? No. Um, you know. But you're right though, it does make you think of those Daily Mail stories of somebody who went abroad to have a boob oh, job God. and like yeah. ended up with like two different size wabs. Uh. Nobody wants two different size wabs. Not if they pay for it anyway. No. Um, no. But you know, these are all things that I I think, you know, they are they are out there. So we mm. never ever work with a clinic that offered things like that. You know, it needs to yeah. be just concentrating on one really simple question from one of the listeners Mm -hmm. how much does it cost so it it varies and I guess what's the markdown from the UK is more of a yeah okay so you can have a cycle of IVF with ICSI from about two thousand pounds in an EU country wow that's yeah nice that's mental that's about what a fifth of the price of the UK yeah so we would say that you could 
go and have your flights, accommodation, medication, spending money for about between 40 and 60% cheaper than the UK, depending on where you go. Okay. That's significant. Significant. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're going to go there, how long do you have to go for? Do you stay? Do you move there? Can you get scans in the UK as well? Yes. How does it work? It depends on what treatment you're having. So let's go with, um, again, with IVF, um, own egg, own sperm. Typically, you're required for about 10 days. And most people start their medication and protocol in their home country first and will um, do their first two ultrasounds in, say, say we're we're talking about the UK. They'll do the, the ultrasounds in the UK privately and Mm -hmm. any blood work that's needed either on the NHS or privately and send them all across to the clinic and then you fly out for um, your final scan before egg collection and then you're there until transfer so generally Mm. about 10 days. There are clinics in the UK that work with kind of in conjunction with clinics in in Europe right because I remember when I was having my panic scans with um, my daughter when I was pregnant there was the place I went to get my ultrasounds was um worked really closely with a Greek one yes there are and there are, there are obviously freestanding um places as well that you can go and um get them so you don't have to be attached to um a UK IVF clinic to use them so it's perfectly possible or alternatively like we've had clients who've said we're going to go out there for the whole thing and just spend mm-hmm. longer out there um and they can have everything, you know, from start to finish done out there. And that might okay. might be, you know, three to four weeks. But most people prefer right. to start at home yeah. and spend as little time away as possible. So you'd have your consultation on the on over Zoom or whatever. Yeah. And then you would start your probably start your drugs over here, right? Yeah. So you go and get your own drugs. Yeah, so the prescriptions will come over and sometimes yeah. the um clinics have links with um, UK online pharmacies generally they send you the prescriptions mm. and you you go and get them sorted yourself um okay. off to Asda off to Asda yeah yes um yeah because yeah, they don't charge any um, they don't make any markup do they they don't no. um and then you would have generally one scan then you know when they're, they're making sure that the lining's thickening up and everything's looking good um mm-hmm. send that report across to your clinic And then Mm -hmm. from that, they will then set things like your definitive um, egg collection date. And then you get, you know, get things booked. Off you go. So the reality is, I suppose, that you don't spend your time going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, which would, I suppose, be the issue. No, no, absolutely not. No. Uh, And, you know, again, you'd need to check this with the clinic that you're using, but um, hopefully you're just required to go to one site, um, you know, for that final scan. You might have to have um, a pre-op appointment. Then you have your um, egg collection and then you go back for transfer. Okay. So you could really do it in two trips. You could do it in two trips. That's the other option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You could fly out for the final scan and egg collection, come back and go out again for transfer if you wanted to. Um, I mean, you can, if you choose to, have that final scan still in your home country um, mm-hmm. just that the clinics prefer to do that final scan themselves, but you don't have to. So you could shorten okay. the time that way. Um, okay. And 
I've also worked with people whose partner hasn't, if they've got a male partner who hasn't been able to stay for the full amount of time. So they've maybe gone out with, um, you know, as a mom or the sister and the partner's flown in to um, do their sample and then then leave. Wow. <laughs> Sounds bad that doesn't it? Do sample and then leave. I mean, that brings a whole new meaning to Gabby's whack off races. Um, long distance. Um, okay, cool. One question that we got from a couple of people, which I thought was um, quite interesting and obviously you have experience of, is about BMI. So the way they phrase it is, is Greece and I guess any other countries more BMI friendly? Yes. Yeah. So some countries um, have limits, um, but they tend to be more generous than ours. So, for example, the Czech Republic, the BMI limit is 40. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere like Spain is 35, so not as generous. Um, mm-hmm. Somewhere like Greece, it, they don't tend to have a limit at all. It tends to be looked at more holistically. And that's whether that's both ends of the scale, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the UK, it tends to be a blanket. No, although yeah. I think there is one clinic that does a BMI of up to 40, but I think the rest of them in the UK are up to 35 with no kind of budget yeah. on that. Yeah. If you're paying privately. Holistic style seems like it makes so much more sense. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Cool. Um, um, how does the quality of PGD slash PGS compare abroad? Now, I've never had that personally. Um so it's difficult to compare it, I guess. What I will mm-hmm. say is about add-ons and things abroad that is different to the UK, it might be helpful for people listening, yeah. is that um, generally most clinics abroad do not make any markup, any money on the add-ons, and they just sell mm-hmm. them at cost and put the money back into the labs. So I think if, if it, that treatment is suggested for you, it's because... In the experience of the doctor, they have seen, I guess, people in your situation have, you know, a good outcome might not be the right word, but, you know, it's been useful to people in their experience because yeah. they're not selling it so that they get a big fat bonus at the end of the year. They're selling it because they believe that it's going to be helpful to you. So I don't know whether that helps or not. I mean, you know, it's difficult to I say think- whether their techniques are better or not. I believe that, Mm. you know, they offer um, more forward thinking, um, more of the newer technologies and things than perhaps Mm -hmm. in the UK. But on that particular Mm -hmm. one, I don't know. That's really interesting about the add-ons because I, in my head, and this is like obviously the wrong way of thinking, it was like, oh, they maybe they're not as regulated with the add-ons and they just, you know, fire them at you. No. But no, quite the opposite. Yeah, and actually, do you know what was interesting? It... So my protocol for my cycles was massively different each time, which is great. That's what I wanted. And I wanted them to be personalized. The only time any add-on was ever mentioned to me um, or to us was embryo glue, which I think was about a hundred quid. So out of all the things that they could have tried to sell us, Mm, that was it. And, you know, he's very honest and said, you know, there is very little evidence, but in some of the people we've worked with, it has been Mm. the thing that's possibly helped and I thought, do you know what? For a hundred quid, we'll have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Get the print stick out. I'll take it. <laughs> Done. Sold. Um, <laughs> so whether that was the thing, I don't know. On that cycle, it did work, but we never, ever mm. were sold add-ons ever, apart from the embryo glue at the right. end. 
That's really funny. I know. <laughs> Hundred quid made a difference. Um, so the final question from our, our listeners is about languages, and um, they the way they phrase it was quite beautiful. She said, "I unfortunately don't speak a second language." Oh. which um, I think a lot of people in the UK have the same issue. Um, and then she said, how common is it for clinics abroad to speak English? Very common. A lot of their business comes from English-speaking countries. Um, so they kind of have to. And I also think a lot of other countries, apart from the UK, are much better, aren't they, at learning a second yeah. language. Oh, yes. um, your main point of contact will have excellent spoken and written English um, if uh-huh. there's anybody that you're dealing with at a clinic that doesn't speak as well um, in English, there'll usually be a second person there to help with that. Um, oh, brilliant. But I've never encountered any difficulties or neither of my clients. The only time it can sometimes be a little bit tricky is the way that they may write might be different to the way that you or I would write. So okay. sometimes mm-hmm. there's some back and forth on emails because mm-hmm. of the way they write things and the way that we might interpret them because it's, it's different, isn't it, when it's on an email anyway, yeah. um, rather than on a phone. So it can sometimes just be a bit more faffy in terms of a few emails might go go to get an answer that might have only taken one if it had been, okay. you know, somebody who was English speaking to somebody else whose first language was English. Okay. Um, so I guess the last question is just about, you know, what is the one piece of advice that you give to your clients when they're doing this? Like what's the first thing that you say to them? Or the last thing? Um, So when we narrow down a pool of clinics to help them find, you know, the right clinic for them, we give them a list of suggested questions. And some of those questions, some of our clients have said, I can't ask that um, because they perceive it to be like a tough question. Whereas I really want people to feel empowered in these situations that they can ask whatever they like because they are the client and you know, I say to our clients, even though we've narrowed this pool down, don't just take my word for it. I want you to ask uh-huh. these questions because you need to know that this is the right clinic for you. And anything anybody suggests to you, you should be questioning to understand, you know, what are the benefits? What are the risks? Why are you suggesting this to me? What's the evidence? Um, and I want people to feel empowered um, to to not be afraid to ask questions because I think, you know, being in a situation, sat in front of a doctor, discussing your infertility is really tough, isn't it? Um, it is. And, you know, we want people to be prepared for that and not be afraid to question doctors because at the end of the day, you're a paying client and this is your body and your future, isn't it? And mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel afraid to ask questions. It's good old self-advocacy. Definitely. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow, well... You are a font of knowledge, and I think that was going to really help a lot of people. Oh, God, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. Now it's time for IVF. What the F? What the F? And it's the last on these for a little while. Oh, it sure is. Yeah. And um, we're talking about blood groups. Do you know what your blood group is? I, well, I have it written down. Mm. but I'm not sure what it actually is because I keep forgetting it. Yeah. Well, it's not something you need ever, really, is it? Like, until you really need it. Yeah. You You know, sometimes you see, like, um, you see a study that says, like, people with A negative 
blood types and more mm. likely to blah 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 mm. or like whatever or like we need more o negative and mm. i'm like oh i'm always like oh i'm that one and i never am mm. i never am that one mm. i'm a plus a positive you might a say positive um, I'm, so I'm going to look on my phone because I've got it written down on my medical ID because I just forget it every single time. I've got a little key ring that I got given when I went to give blood once. They were like, oh, here's your little key ring that tells you what you are. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's never been of use. I can't find it anywhere. I mean, it must have been of use when, like, for instance, you're having medical treatment. Um, yeah, I suppose I just haven't really had medical treatment apart from IVF. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lucky you. Yeah, I can't <laughs> find it. I don't know. What it is. Oh, you're going to leave everyone hanging as to what your yeah. blood group is. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this has been sparkling banter. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I yeah, I think there's not a lot to say about this other than we we, we had a few people ask this question. And um, what I mean, does your blood group affect your fertility? Mm. And I think it's quite an interesting, an interesting question. So here's what Prof Tim has to say about it. For the last time in a while. Take it mm-hmm. away, Tim. So I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about how blood groups and types do affect fertility. Uh, and I would say that the answer really is that it, it, it makes no difference. I think some of the confusion comes from when women are pregnant, there's a lot of interest given as to whether the woman who is pregnant is a positive or negative rhesus group. So, you know, if someone is group O positive, it's the positive, which means they are rhesus positive. And the issue is that if a woman has a negative blood group, so is, you know, A negative or O negative, if she has a baby who has a positive blood group, then what can happen is that the woman who's pregnant can develop antibodies against the pregnancy. And potentially these antibodies can cause issues um, with the growth and development of the baby and can cause quite severe problems. Now, this doesn't generally happen in the first pregnancy. It happens in subsequent pregnancies. And this is why uh, if anyone is pregnant and they are blood group negative, and if they have any, for instance, procedures during pregnancy, uh, or, or they have a miscarriage and they're having um, some s- surgical management of the miscarriage, um, then it's very important that they're given some antibodies. So they're given uh, an injection of antibodies to help protect th- that pregnancy and future pregnancies. And that's why women who are uh, blood group negative, who have an ongoing pregnancy, will be given some, uh, some anti-D Uh, injections during the pregnancy and also after delivery and it's to protect that and subsequent pregnancies but none of these things actually affect fertility so they don't the blood group that um, you or your partner is whether you're positive or negative or just the actual blood group isn't going to affect the chance of getting pregnant um, or the miscarriage rate or anything anything like that it's really more of a concern uh, or something which, which is watched out for later on in pregnancy guys it's over the episode is finished we should do all our own jingles really like screw that song that appears in every every single tv show (sighs) fucking george clark get off our theme tune get off it i get i reckon we probably get a message a week being like i I was watching this tv show (laughs) your theme tune came up 
I was it's like, really yeah, I, I composed that in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, how dare they use it? <laughs> what? How um, did they get hold of it? We're not changing the theme tune, though. We're not fucking changing the George theme tune. George can change his. Yeah. <laughs> um, next week, we have Elle Wright. Yeah. Feathering the Empty Nest. Yeah, that was quite the emotional conversation, wasn't it, Gabriella? It was. I mean, it's, it is emotional. She it was quite happy stuff. It was a while ago now. Did Was it another one where you cried and I didn't? Um, No, I don't think so. Okay. Were we, no. were we okay? I think we were both stony-faced. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, we'll see you all next week. Us and Elle, we'll see you next week. Mm, you will. Um, give us a shout if you want to talk to us. Uh, yeah. Other than that, have a lovely week. See you next see you Tuesday. Later, Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.